Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Reckless Speculation. Reckless Speculation. Reckless Speculation. All right, welcome back. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the Score North app, which you should download, by the way, because you can listen live on your smartphone to Score North. You can listen to all of our podcasts, including The Scoop with Doogie, and you can read all kinds of articles about the Vikings this week from Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgat, etc. Sounds uh, expensive, though. Actually, Rami? Uh-huh. It's free. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's I'm free. charging for my stuff, actually. Wow. <laughs> Starting <laughs> today. You put yours behind I the put paywall. put it behind a wall. Good. <laughs> Uh, so Doogie comes in here now uh, every Tuesday at 5 o'clock to join us for his now weekly again scoop segment. Welcome I appreciate that, studio. gentlemen. Happy New Year. Appreciate you coming in here. And uh, let's just let's just start out. We're going to get to Viking stuff, Vikings injury nuggets, and anything you might have there. But the Twins were deemed, as of a few days ago, by the Star Tribune to be basically out on the Josh Donaldson sweepstakes. But Josh Donaldson... Last I checked in the last few days, has not actually signed. It's down to the Twins and the Braves, unless a mystery team comes in, or the Nats have uh, signed a couple of veterans for no reason. What is the latest on Josh Donaldson and the Twins, from what you're hearing? The Twins are still in it. By the way, the Nationals are still in it. Now, would I bet on Washington landing Donaldson? I would not. But are the Nationals out? No. In fact, I was told today, and this is not coming from the Twins' side, by the way. You know, I'm doing my due diligence both sides. Am I talking and, and hearing stuff from the Twins? Yes. Am I also hearing some stuff from the Donaldson camp? Absolutely. I can tell you the Nationals are still in it. The Braves are still in it. The Twins are still in it. I am told Donaldson had a very productive conversation with Rocco Baldelli. He really, really likes Rocco. I'm also told Donaldson feels like there is a ton of appeal in returning to the American League. He is an American League guy. Went to the National League for the one year. I'm just told by somebody who knows Josh incredibly well that if he returns to Atlanta, he looks at that Nationals rotation. He looks at that Phillies rotation, that Mets rotation. You can make a case. The best starting pitching in the game resides in the National League East. If you look at the American League Central top to bottom, there is appeal in playing is it 18 or 19 games a year against all the 19 the division foes? It's okay, not, so do the math, random. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. 76 games, and I get it. I mean, if you're facing Clevenger or some of those other Indians pitchers, you know, you're not facing, you know, garbage. But there is appeal 
in facing, on a regular basis, American League Central pitching. But here would be the headline. As of today, the Twins do not have the biggest financial offer on the table. Okay. Now, could that change? It could. The Twins have not been told, hey, make your final offer. Now, is it possible the offer the Twins have on the table right now is their final offer? I guess that is possible. That part remains to be seen. But the Donaldson side has not gone to the Twins and said, hey, make your final offer. I think if the Twins go up, I think money talks in this case. Maybe in the Wheeler case, it didn't. Although if the Twins went to maybe $140 million, maybe it would have. <laughs> maybe with some other guys, Bumgarner, he really wanted to be in Arizona. Maybe money doesn't talk loudest there. I think in the case of Josh Donaldson, money will talk loudest. But what? to suggest that the Twins are out is asinine. And on the Star Tribune report from the weekend, and we all know Phil Miller in this room, Phil didn't make that up. That came from the Twins' side. I am baffled, confused, why the Twins would leak that information to Phil Miller. It is as idiotic as I can think. I just I can't come up with a rationale why the Twins would want that story out there. But that story did not come from the Donaldson side. That this, story this came is, from the twin side. This is pure speculation, and I, I, I don't know that you'd have an answer to this. Do you? As a matter of fact, reckless speculation. This is not reckless. I promise. This would, is legit. I would guess you probably don't. Do you think that there is some some disagreement within the twins, and there is a camp that wants Donaldson and a camp that doesn't want Donaldson, and Oof. those who don't put that out there to sort of poison the waters? I don't think so. I think it's pretty much kumbaya over there. Okay. I would be surprised. I don't have that answer definitively, right. though, Rami. I'm sorry. No, I But I'm just I, telling you. I, I okay, so reckless speculation yeah. would be that they're, they're locked in arms over there. That, that no, I, I don't think there's a faction that says, hey, let's offer him four 100 million. By the way, I don't think the Twins offer is anywhere close to four 100 million. I think if they got oh, so close to that. This isn't happening. Or four 105, 110. I think he comes here. I think the Twins get Josh Donaldson if they want to offer that. I think the offer is closer to eighty to eighty-five million. It is a four-year offer, but again, he has a bigger four-year offer on the table. But yeah, Rami, I just and that's the Braves, I think it's, right? I do. I, I think it's kumbaya. Over okay, there. so it's the Braves, it's the Braves, it's the Twins, the, the Nats, and his preference, and the offer that remains out there is the Braves. Correct. As the Braves well. have an offer on the table. Yes, the Donaldson camp talks to the Twins. I'm told daily, whether it's Falvey, somebody else in the front office. Literally every single day, there is a back and forth. Now, the Rangers still are making some calls. The Dodgers. Now, I am not told that either of those teams is willing to go to a fourth year. So, yeah, at this moment, it seemingly is down to the Twins, the Braves, and the Nationals. And I'm just led to believe, again, that I would not bet on him going to Washington. I do think it's down to the Braves and the Twins. And if the Twins want to offer him more money, I think the Twins have a legit chance to land him. Okay, I, I want to come back to the money part in just a second here, because I have a question about that, too. But I think the the public belief is that he loves Atlanta, and I know you've listed that he also loves the American League. How much of this is, well, he really loves Atlanta, and he's just, him and his camp are just using the Twins as a pawn to make sure that he gets what he wants from Atlanta. How legit... How legit is, are the twins in this equation for an actual landing spot if the money's right? Yeah, my sense is that he does prefer Atlanta. If all things are relatively equal, the preference is re-sign with the Braves, even though he prefers the American League. Yeah, I mean, he's got some ties to, to the South there. I mean, from the state of, of Alabama, I think he really enjoyed his time in Atlanta. I mean, much like here, I think he feels like he can win at a high level 
in Atlanta. So returning to where he just had a really good year does hold appeal. Yeah, I do. I think all things about equal, the preference is Atlanta. So that's where the Twins would have to offer. I don't know if it's significantly more money, but I do think they need to offer more money than Atlanta to convince him to sign. Okay, so on the money, this is what I don't get. And again, this is a lot of this is we don't we're not sitting here looking at the exact offers and figures, and so we we don't know for sure. But yeah, I don't even know between Atlanta and Washington who is offering more. I just know that the Twins do not have the biggest offer on the table, and that's interesting. And if the Twins are sitting at let's say four and eighty five or something, and it would take four and one hundred five to get Josh Donaldson, you do it. A hundred percent. You're already in for the four. You're already in for like twenty million a year. At this point, if we're talking about an additional three to five million dollars, I'd want to know why aren't the twins? Is it ownership? Is it the front office saying, "Well, we got to be reasonable here," and you know, there's not enough value. I mean, if you're in for four and eighty something, you should be in for four and a hundred plus million, hands down to me. Typically, and a lot of fans don't believe this, but typically, it is not the poll ads putting the kibosh on this. It's the front office setting a price point on these guys and saying we're just we're not budging all that much. I mean, you mean to tell me that if Derek Falvey calls Jim Polat tonight and says, Jim, I have Josh Donaldson. I have him. But we need to offer $105 million. We're already, you know, uh, we've been granted your approval to offer him $83 million. What about an additional $22 million over the course of four years? Will you greenlight that? I firmly believe... Jim Pollard would say yes. A lot of fans would would, would I think know. otherwise. I get it. When's a decision coming? Well, I mean, the Twins thought a decision would come right around Christmas. But they've got, and a, that's why I said yeah. on social media to a number of people, and they kept asking me, "Hey, you know, when's the Donaldson decision coming?" I said soon. But like this he, was back on December twenty third. Thinking that that the Twins are going to go up here eventually, pretty soon, and that he'll he can take that then, or at some point in time, you've got to say, "Okay, I've got four offers out there. This one is the best one. I'll just take it, or I'll go back to the Braves." Correct. Like it's it's weird that, but it's, it's not like there's another really good here. third baseman or even infielder on the market right now. Right. So, so at this ex- point, he's, so he's expecting got, that somebody is going to go up. Yeah, I think at this point, okay. yes, that is that is a safe assumption. Okay. But at some point here, I mean, we're talking now on January seventh. At some point here, I think he wants to know where he's going to reside for seven weeks of spring training. Pretty quick here, so you know, I would think that we'll have a decision relatively soon. I can't tell you. You know, will it be tomorrow? Will it be Thursday, Friday? But I would be surprised if we're talking maybe even next Tuesday in this time slot if we don't know where he's going. Do you know if there are any other irons in the fire as far as potential big splash additions? At this point, looking at the free agent market, it would probably have to come from a trade. Is there anything in the works or even in in the very early beginnings of talks where they're looking for a plan B after Josh Donaldson? I don't know what the plan B is because I thought, the slugger that left the Brewers went to the Nationals. Eric, how do you Tim, say his last Tames, name? Yeah, Is Tim's, it Tames, Tames, yeah. Tims, I don't know the correct pronunciation on, on the last Thames, name. Thames. 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 Yeah. Oh. You know, I mean, he I could have made logical age, sense, right? He's Eric not sure, Thames. so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. But He's the like, Twins, what's my name again? <laughs> yeah. The Twins were not in on him. I mean, his side reached out to the Twins numerous times. I mean, that's what all these agents are doing right now. I mean, imagine if, if you're representing Todd Frazier or Mitch Moreland. <laughs> Or you have Eric Thames before he signs with the Nationals. At this point, you're getting desperate, right? So you're the one initiating all these phone calls. It's not teams at this point reaching out to you. It's you reaching out to these teams saying, hey, 
Would you like my client? Here's why my client makes sense for you. Yeah. So that happened in the case of of Thames multiple times, and the twins were consistent on that front, saying we're just we're not interested. You know, but could it potentially be Moreland or Frazier? I mean, they planted a seed on Todd Frazier many, many weeks ago. I know for a fact that Moreland's camp has reached out to the Twins. I don't know if it's being reciprocated. I don't know. I mean, you know, logically, would Mitch Moreland at this point make some sense if they swing and miss on Josh Donaldson? I guess. Uh, but I don't know that for sure. And certainly, Rami, they are still talking to teams. Like, I know they've talked to the Rockies about John Gray. And I do think at some point the Rockies move John Gray. Now, is that now? Is that in July? Is that next winter? But I do think eventually they do move him. Is that Rosario on a prospect? If you're going to get John Gray, which would be great. It would take a lot. I don't know exactly what it would take, but it would take a lot. Because I just, that's, the thing is, right now, if you go into opening day, okay, Barrios, all right, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Odo, okay, yeah. But Homer Bailey is your three? Oh, right. Like, Alley is, yeah. With no, no, I know Rich that. Hill, with no, no Michael Pineda. Yeah, I he's your number that. three. But what I'm saying is, I'm not very comfortable there. Mm-mm. And at some point in time, you're going to have to do, and the, the as uh, we were talking about just before, the market's basically dried up now as far as free agency goes. So at some point, you're going to have to take a step and probably trade a prospect or somebody or a couple of them that you don't want to move. Because I just don't, I don't see parading Homer Bailey as the three until Pineda comes back and then saying, "Well, hopefully he's fine or great." As it seem, that seems very dicey for a team that we have expected is going to be very competitive in 2020. I also think it's a slippery slope just to assume that you can be really good in April and May and be in a position in June and July to strike. Yep. I mean, what if the White Sox get off to a really good start? Then I can guarantee you the White Sox are going to go all in yep. on some potential trade, you know, acquisition. So. I'm with you. I would try to strike now, not wait until midseason to make a move like that. But if the Rockies are asking for the moon, that's where it becomes tough. And I'm sure there's some other names out there as well. I just know for sure that they have talked to the Rockies about Gray. Wetmore put up a piece earlier today at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app saying essentially Lewis and Kirloff are, are off the table. They're basically untouchable. Is that what you're hearing from them when, they, mm. when they're talking trades with these other teams? I mean, I would be surprised if either got moved. But like to sit here and suggest like zero chance, I can't do that. But yeah, I guess I would be surprised if if either of those two specific guys got moved. Yeah, I think just the for me to this point in the off season, they've made a few little incremental additions. I I do think I do like their bullpen bringing Romo back, and I think Clippard's going to at least be a reliable guy uh, who's been around before. And I think Rich Hill in the second half of the season is going to be helpful if he's healthy, but there's a couple hurdles to clear there, right? He's really good when healthy, but that was a pretty big surgery he had in late November. It's like a modified Tommy John. He's 40 years old. Is he 41 now? He's like my age. But when you account for all the things that are probably not going to happen again, namely breaking the home run record, I don't think they start the season and the White Sox getting better I don't think they start the season just picking up where they left off. I agree. I don't think they I don't think they've done enough yet. I think they've been trying. I don't think they've just been making fake overtures and offers, but at some point if if really if if it's an if it's an extra 20 or 30 million for Josh Donaldson, if you pull the trigger on that, you have the best offense in baseball for my money. If Byron Buxton's healthy and he's your nine hitter, I mean, you you By can the find way, me on the Astros and on stuff. On Buxton, here's an update. He is now swinging. So coming off the September shoulder surgery, I don't think that's out there, so there's a scoop for this segment. Byron Buxton is up to now swinging a bat. All signs point to him 
being good to go, certainly by opening day. I think even, you know, maybe not like that first day of, of full workouts. I mean, they're going to ease him in. But put it this way, Byron Buxton is doing very, very well. So if you want an update there, yeah. there's your Buxton update. But yeah, I mean, I think Judd has made this point multiple times. There probably is something to be said. Maybe not even probably. I mean, I think there is something to be said about about building some goodwill with the fan base. So if it takes an additional twenty or twenty five million, you just you do it. And I'm just telling you, just talking to somebody really close to Josh today, he absolutely would come here. But money talks. Money yeah, talks in this case. They need to offer more money. Interesting. Uh, a few more minutes left here in our Scoop segment with Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. You can find his Scoop podcast on the Score North app, Apple or Spotify. Mackenzie Alexander. What are you hearing about Mackenzie Alexander's status throughout the rest of these playoffs? Yeah, well, he will undergo it's it's a lateral meniscus tear. So in the pecking order... Of, of injuries and surgeries you could undergo. This isn't a super serious surgery, but to me, anytime you undergo surgery, you know, to me, there's no such thing as a minor surgery, but there are more serious surgeries than others. This isn't a super serious surgery. So, like, I can't rule him out for the season, but I think it probably would be tough to play in the NFC Championship game, certainly out this Saturday at San Francisco. I think it would be tough to play on, what would that be, January 19th? He's going to undergo surgery here. It's either going to be tomorrow or Thursday before the week's over, sometime in the next couple of days. So I think January 19th would be a little aggressive, but whenever the, the Super Bowl is, whatever that Sunday is in early February in Miami, I mean, I guess there would be a chance if the Vikings get all the way there. But yeah, certainly out for sure this Saturday. And yeah, Mackenzie Alexander undergoing surgery. And I don't understand, and this really isn't a second guess. I mean, I guess I didn't put it out there as a first guess, but he was questionable leading into the Week 17 game against the Bears at U.S. Bank Stadium. Why did he play 50-something snaps That's the on December 29th? And he, he got hurt, as far as I could tell from the injury report that week, he got hurt on the Thursday practice because he showed up on Friday. Mm-hmm. So it would have been more in a game in which you didn't play anybody I mean, who cares? Play your base defense. Like, so the Bears beat you by 20 instead of 3. You don't care. That was a really weird one. When they held out everybody, basically. Not just a couple guys. Everybody. And he's a starter. And by the way, a really good one. Yeah, he's good. You know, we talked about Rhodes and Waynes and struggling guys. I don't think we brought up Alexander's name once as far as struggling. So that's a really good question. That um, if I'm the Vikings, I'm saying to myself, hmm, that was not a good move on our part. And also, I mean, pretty easy call for him to undergo the surgery because he's an unrestricted free agent yeah. in March. Yeah, He has to think long term. Now, to the Vikings' credit, they somehow got by on Sunday with, with Andrew Sandejo playing that role. And against the Niners, I mean, you know, they're going to run the ball a good amount. So you might be able to survive again on Saturday with Sandejo in that same role. Mike Zimmer was offended talking to Deion Sanders by the notion that anybody would be questioning his job security should they have lost that game on Sunday. Doogie, do you know if there was any chatter inside that building that they would have to evaluate that if if it didn't turn out the way that it did Sunday against the Saints? Ziggy and Mark love Zim. So, I mean, I said it when I was hosting Score North Live the day of, or maybe it was the Thursday or Friday before the Packers game, but I think I was also in the day of the Packers game, and I said, you know, if I had to bet, Zim is back next year. Just because I know the Wilfs think the world of him. But I also don't think that Dan Graziano and some of these other national reporters just randomly put that out there. 
that there was something going on there. And we know that Jerry Jones loves him. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I think there was a little smoke there. But I think Jerry called him at, at the very least, don't you? Yeah, I think there was, yeah, I think there was, there was something there, yes. I, I think that is, that is okay to, to think and believe. Yeah, I do. But I'm just telling you, I mean, going back to mid-December, I always thought Zim would be back next year. Yeah. Uh, rapid fire scoops. What else you got? Empty the, empty the notebook on us right now. Antoine Winfield Jr. of the Gophers has until January 20th to decide, will I go pro? Will I go back to the U for a fifth year? I'm told he's leaning. Going pro. Not surprising. I've always thought that. Where does he get drafted? Well, the draft advisory board, here's what's interesting. Now, I'm told that they either give you a first-round grade, a second-round grade, or a, hey, you should go back to school grade. <laughs> Winfield <laughs> actually got a go-back-to-school grade. Oh. But he could go as high as the third round. I mean, all it takes is one team. And he's so versatile. I think he's going to be a good player. I would hope he goes in the top 100. Does he go as soon as Friday, or is it more like Saturday? You know, round four, round five. I think somewhere in that in that rounds three to five range. It'll come down to you know some workouts and pro day and all that. But I just love him. I mean, I think he can stop the run. I think he can stop the pass. You could use him in certain situations as a slot corner. You can use him as a box safety. I just love his versatility. He can return punts. I love Antoine Winfield Jr. But yeah, all signs point to him at some point here in the near future declaring for the NFL draft, even though he's got two years of college eligibility remaining. Right on. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson, 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. You can find the Scoop podcast on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app, and catch him every Tuesday at 5 o'clock on our show. Mackie and Joe with Rami. Thanks, Dukes. Thanks, Dukes. Appreciate it, gentlemen. I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Good stuff. All right. Thank uh, you, Hopefully Josh Donaldson's made a decision by next Tuesday, for God's sakes. Just uh, do your thing, Josh.